I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. Today, I chat with Lindsay Campbell. Lindsay has become really well-known throughout the weaving community for her online weaving and macrame classes and highly coveted weaving kits. She's the founder of the Facebook group, Welcome to Weaving, with currently more than 3,500 members. She launched a collection of woven accessories with Anthropology last fall and has another Anthro collaboration launching later this year. She's definitely a creative force to reckon with. Lindsay can be found on Instagram at HelloHydrangea and online at HelloHydrangea.com. Now, a little disclaimer about this episode. This was my very first interview for the podcast, and I was nervous AF. My reactions were super awkward. So I got off the phone with her and realized there's so much more I should have asked. So she's already agreed to come on again later. Anyway, hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, Cindy. It's so good to talk to you. So I'm so excited to, to be here. I know. We've actually um, kind of known each other through Instagram for a little bit. So I'm yeah. actually, but this is the first time we're actually chatting. I'm hearing your voice other than Insta stories. I know. I feel like I know you really well already. I know, right? <laughs> it's funny. One of my favorite Instagram people, Cindy. Oh, thank you. You're one of mine. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of get right into it. Um, what I'd like to know first is, uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you came about fiber art? Like, what is your whole origin story? And, and then c- coming up to you getting into fiber art. Oh, man, my origin story. I feel like this is supposed to be like a superhero backstory. (laughs) Um, So I've been crafty my whole life. Um, I actually spent the majority of my years growing up unschooled. My mom let me decide what I was going to study and kind of be interested in up until about eighth grade. So um, most of that was crafting and art and art history and English and definitely the creative side of my brain. When it comes to math and science, I really struggle, but <laughs> that's okay because that's just not one of my strengths. So, um, Wow, that's fascinating. Wait, so did you actually skip the traditional school system altogether until eighth grade? Or like, were you homeschooled or was it, um, or what, what do you mean by? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so there's homeschooled, uh, I went to second grade. Okay. Because she wanted to try it out and be like, okay, well, what is public school like? Um, but we both kind of failed at it. <laughs> I, did, I hated it. And she didn't like sending me off, I guess. So, um, so I continued to just be at home and she would teach me. Um, so it's kind of like homeschooling, but um, for the most part, um, it was unschooling. So... It wasn't like we weren't in textbooks. We weren't, um, you know, doing equations and everything. It was just kind of like we, we lived on a farm. And so oh, wow. um, I got to spend most of my time outside. And we went to a lot of museums and traveled and um, just kind of learned about what I wanted to learn, kind of what, what I was drawn to and focus, wanted to focus on. That's so, so cool. Wait, so where did you grow up? Uh, Washington State. Okay grew up in Washington state, um, on my grandparents' apple orchard that they had, um, started like years and years, decades ago. My father and his brothers worked on it and, um, we just, we continued to live there. So 
It was a family working farm, um, apples, peaches, cherries, apricots. And then our family had pigs and chickens and horses. And so, yeah, I really got the rule, no internet, no TV, um, books, music, life. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, that's true engagement with the world, which is, I think what we all strive to do with our kids nowadays, because it's so hard to get, you know, to be even disconnected for a minute. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was, um, I mean, I will say I was probably a little socially awkward (laughs) up until high school, but she made sure I had a lot of social interaction um, with other kids. Um, We would do combined schooling with some other kids and stuff. So um, once I hit high school, I was like, I love this being around people all the time, but I would not trade the schooling that I had growing up for anything because, um, it really taught me if I'm interested in something and if I like doing something, then I need to figure out myself what I'm, how I'm going to be successful at mm-hmm. it, what drives me. Um, and I think that's really helped me throughout the rest of my life because even during college, I went to BYU in Utah and studied advertising and fine arts. And um, the things I was really interested in during those um, studies wasn't really what they were teaching us. I took bits and pieces of what I was interested in um, and just kind of ran with it and started my own thing. And I've been doing that my whole life. And so it was just second nature to kind of, if I'm interested in something, I'm going to make, make it successful and run with it and really give it my all. And so I wouldn't trade my growing up years for anything, but I also don't know if I would do that with my own children (laughs) at the same time. It's a little risky. (laughs) Um, And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That's what I'm thinking. Every time I hear about homeschooling or even think, consider it for one second in my head. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so much work. Yeah. You know? I don't think I would. Especially I would. now as a business owner, right? Um, you mm-hmm. know, you're running your own thing and and if you want to expand, it's you're going to have to have a little bit more uh, compartmentalized time, I guess, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or just be more and strategic realized, about it. <laughs> sorry. I realized that I love living in the city. Mm. Um and so ever since graduating, we've been, we lived in Phoenix, Houston, we're moving to San Jose and I love the city and there's a lot more opportunities for schooling in cities for my children than we had out in the farm. Right. So, um, that was kind of my mom's only choice for the education that she wanted for me. So, um, so yeah, I, I definitely have a different path in mind for my children, but going back to your question, um, yeah, so i was crafty my whole life. And then I majored in advertising and fine arts in college, had a lot of art classes. <laughs> Excuse me. I was, I was a little sick last or yesterday. So, <clears throat> um, and, and then when I got married, I met my husband at BYU and got married our sophomore year. Um, I started a craft blog called Hello Hydrangea after taking a floral design class. Aha, so that uh, is how it started, the Hello yeah. Hydrangea. <laughs> Back in 2011, um, just as a way for me to kind of um, give myself um, deadlines and keep myself doing projects outside of school and being accountable and sharing what I was working on. Um, and so I kept my craft blog going for years and years and after college moved to Houston and worked um, 
as a marketing director for a fashion boutique, which was like my dream job. It was so much fun. I did all the marketing, graphic design, photography. I was the one person in the whole like marketing department. It was just me. So whatever I could think up, dream up, um, and I wanted to follow through with is what they kind of just gave me full reign. What you, whatever you want to do. That's like, that really is the dream job. Oh, it was amazing. And the products they did, they were like, from all over the world, high-end alligator handbags from Argentina and sandals from Italy. And so everything was beautiful and fun. It was so much fun. And so during that time, I learned how to weave on the side. And how did you learn Um, how to weave? I crocheted my whole life. Um, Grew up with a grandma down the road who um, taught me how to crochet. And then I had all this yarn and like, buckets of craft supplies and I was trying to figure out what my next project was going to be for Hello Hydrangea and um, I stumbled upon an an old tapestry online and I was like oh that is so cool and spent like all night just trying to find some resources to teach me how to do it on the internet and that was back in 2013 and so there was like nothing out there (laughs) it was like this dark age craft that no one really knew about Um, I found like one shaky video from this old lady and it was like not even focused on her hands. It was like the camera kept moving um, on YouTube. I think I've seen that video. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was the best. I had to like rewatch it over and over to learn how to do like the the basic tabby and raya and everything. But ever since then, just that one tapestry and I've, you can see it on my blog. It was like, today I learned how to weave and this is what I did. And it's like falling apart. That's awesome. (laughs) It's it's pretty ugly, but um, I've always kept it. And, and then I haven't stopped weaving since then. It just, I like, it clicked. I was like, this is, this is what I love. This is what I've I just keep learning about it and keep falling more in love with it. And it's like everything that I've been working on my whole life has just kind of like led to weaving is the craft for you, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, I think, I think, um, you know, I think that's what happens to people is when they find that this one or two things that really speak to them, it's almost like you just can't deny, you can't deny like it, the little itch that you have to do it constantly and think about it yeah. constantly and build your life around it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Do you remember if there was one particular moment or something that you came across um, that made you in your, in your in your craft journey? Like, since you're doing all these other kinds of crafting, like, did you see like one particular weave or or some or something by someone that clicked for you that made you want to try it? Um. So for our honeymoon, we went to Puerto Vallarta, in Mexico. And there was this little old woman on the side of the road weaving um, very basic tapestries and like embroidering them and selling them for like super cheap, like 30 Mm -hmm. bucks. But she had so many colors and like she had all of our yarn out. And um, we were like, oh, let's get one for our house. And like, I just loved watching her work. And then she put on this whole traditional garb and was like, you can take a picture with me. And I, I don't know, we hung it up in our house and I would just like, would study it and just be like, wow, the workmanship that she put into this. And that's, so um, cool. yeah, I had no idea that that was going to be something I was interested in the future. But I do remember that when I saw her working on it, I was so interested in the process that she was doing. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, now it's fun to think like that was the first tapestry that hung in our home. Yeah, no, isn't that so cool? And then and it plants yeah. these little seeds and you just kind of, it percolates for a long time for some people, you know, I think years sometimes. Definitely. And like, oh, wait a minute. I, w- I really want to try this thing. <laughs> yeah, it all comes full circle. Yeah. That's awesome. So when did you first start? Um, so then you started weaving, you got bitten by the bug, right? With the, as as <laughs> yep. they say. And um, how did you start to uh, begin selling them? Um, or what compelled I you to wove, start? Yeah, well, I mean, I wove for about a year before I would sell them, just sharing on my um, Instagram or not, in, yeah, Instagram and blog, just kind of sharing the project and um, giving some away for free and um, not really thinking like I could actually sell these. I just um, had friends and different people that I knew kind of be interested in them. So I was like, oh yeah, sure, you can take it. It's just this little thing that I'm working on. Um, And then I did open an Etsy store because my walls were getting pretty full. And I posted like one up there and just like walked away and it sold in like an hour. (laughs) And I like called my husband and I was like, oh my goodness, someone just paid me like $30 for something that I made. Like, this is amazing. I didn't know how to ship it or package it or anything. (laughs) Um, But I was just like so excited that someone wanted it for their home. Someone that I didn't know. Like a stranger, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was a whole new idea. And so, um, yeah, through my Etsy shop, I was just like, okay, well. And by that point, I had felt confident enough that I could sell them. I had kind of um, practiced for a long time and um, felt like these are good enough that I can send them to a stranger and I won't be super embarrassed. One of my first tapestries, um, a blogger did kind of connect with me and was like, oh, can I have one of those for this thing that I'm working on? And I was like, sure. So I sent her one and I'm pretty sure it fell apart. (laughs) She hung it up. (laughs) That was a pretty bad one. But so I was, I was really embarrassed about that. And so I like worked really hard to figure out how to make them more durable and more professional. Um, yeah. So that's how I started selling them. And, and now they sell out really quickly, um, just like before, but I love doing it and knowing that they're all over the world in people's homes. I know it's so rewarding, isn't it? Yes. So, um, are you completely self-taught then, or did you find, did you find any classes in your area or anything, um, more official or you just went deep into the internet and found ways to figure it out? (laughs) No, there was, I was living in Houston at the time and there were no other weavers or there was nothing, um, I did follow some other weavers on Instagram. I think there were about a dozen of us. And so we were always like, yeah, you go, like you can do it. And sharing, you know, tricks with each other. And um, mostly just kind of trial and error. And I did find some old books in the library. (laughs) So just kind of self-taught for all of it. And then I turned around and started teaching other people. I know. That's awesome. So actually, I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, I feel like in the last year or two, you've really been making your mark in the community by uh, creating these amazing um, courses online that people can download and just do on their own time, weaving and macrame, which is so cool. And um, so I just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. How did you come to this idea? Did you have like one eureka moment or, um, you know, how did this come about? So I... um, I 
was always kind of filming tutorials or not filming, but like photographing tutorials from my blog. And so I did have a bunch of free tutorials about weaving up on my blog, but um, they were always, you know, really short, like blog post worthy tutorials. And so I would get questions all the time about how do you do this? How can I start this from start to finish? You like, how do I finish it? All the details about weaving that like I couldn't really fit into one um, blog. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to film myself weaving from start to finish. And because I knew that by watching someone do it, it's the easiest way to learn. Even pictures are like really confusing. You don't know where the strings were connected. Um, So like, I'm going to film myself one weekend. um, And then I can just cut up the film. And when people ask me questions, I can send them a little clip or something. And then I didn't touch the film for like a year I was just like in the back of my mind while I kept weaving and doing other things and then I I don't remember why but for some reason I did have a eureka moment where I was like I forgot that I filmed that I should turn that into like one big class yes and my husband was like that's a lot of work like why why are you doing that and I was like well I could like sell it you know and kind of help other people because there's not really any other way to learn there's no videos out there and he was like okay well we'll see how this goes but I did spend a lot of time on it because I had the graphic design experience and I was comfortable on a computer and the first couple months like it just kind of sat there maybe got like two sales no one really understood they're like okay so it's a class but it's on your computer like i where's your workshop? Like, where are you located? Where can I come? Right. And I'm like, no, no, it's on. You can do it wherever you want. They didn't really get it. And online classes weren't really that big back then. And then I came out with my intermediate class and it was like that night, it was just like blew up. People were like, oh wait, I understand. Like I'm interested in this. You finally have like tutorials that are in your class that are beyond the basics and people were interested in that and they were saw that I had a beginner class. And ever since then, it's been like lots of interest and um, I've just kept on making more classes. Yeah, it's exploded. People so, love them. So what do you think was um, the difference between when you launched that first one, which didn't get much traction to launching the second one? Well, first of all, how much time... Uh, how much time was between that, that when you from when you launched the first one to the second one? Um, a couple months, okay. probably, probably like five or six months. Okay. <laughs> Do you think you did you market it differently, or did you you know were you more proactive about getting it out there and and getting the message out, or what do you think was the difference? Yeah, I think so. And I had I hadn't gotten many sales, but I had started to get some interest, which made me think, well, maybe if people like this, I will start an intermediate class. I had no idea um, what, like, what a lot of sales would be like, but um, because I only had like a few for the first one, um, but um, but yeah, I think that I had some more reviews from people who said this class is amazing, and that probably helped. And I was better at marketing, like, okay, if you liked my beginner class, guess what? I have a new class coming out this right. weekend, and that kind of got people's attention, like. I didn't know you had a class. What's a class? And classes were becoming a little more popular by then. So I don't know. It was just kind of, I didn't really market the first one either. I just kind of put it up there. And so, yeah, um, a lot of things probably happened, but it was exciting to see 
see it kind of take off after that second class. And it has seriously taken off. Like I can't scroll Instagram without seeing something that I I can just totally tell has your influence on it, you know, whether it's the colors or the textures, because you definitely have a very signature kind of way of working that is recognizable in people who have taken your class, which I think is just the coolest thing. Oh, I know. It makes me so happy. (laughs) So you're now this um, Hello Hydrangea is your full-time job, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. when, when did you make the transition from when you were working? Did you go directly from working your the full time job you were at before um, as the mar- what was your what was the position? Yeah, marketing director. You were marketing for director, a right? Fashion boutique. So yeah. did you go straight from that job to going full time into Hello Hydrangea, or what was that transition like? So my whole life, Hello Hydrangea has just kind of worked with my life goals. It hasn't been the other way around. I haven't like put it first or anything. It's always been like whatever's happening in my family and in my life, it's kind of just adapted to that point in time. Um, So I got pregnant with my first son, only son. (laughs) Um, And I didn't leave for nine months. I was pregnant because I couldn't stand the smell of wood and wool. Wow. Which of all the things I know of all the things to be. Yeah. Anyways, wow. um, so I took a, a hiatus and I didn't think I'd ever leave again because I couldn't even walk into my studio. But um, but I quit my job, um, had my son. My husband started um, an MBA program in Arizona, so we moved across the country. And then when my son was a few weeks old, I kind of got the bug again. I was like, I need to do something. And so I didn't have my job anymore. And so I just kind of fell head first like everything is focused on hello hydrangea right now and that's when it completely exploded it was like just waiting for it like okay once you want to give me your full-time attention like there are stuff that are just waiting experiences that are going to happen and collaborations and it just all like came running at me and it was so exciting that's amazing um what when you were on hiatus were you still kind of keeping up with the community were you staying on instagram and talking to people or did you kind of just bow out for a while yeah i mean sometimes i wish that i had tried to stay a little more current because i think that i did miss a bunch of opportunities but it just wasn't right for my time for that time of my life i I almost deleted my Instagram. I completely checked out when I did finally get back on. Like, I couldn't even look at pictures of tapestry without feeling sick. It was pretty bad. But when I did finally um, get back on, I was like, there are so many weavers on Instagram. Like, who are all of these people? It's weird. (laughs) It was like a whole new world. I mean, it was nine months later and the entire weaving community had completely changed. And I hadn't made my classes by then. So, um, so I felt pretty small and pretty out of it. And it did take me some adjustments to kind of learn how to, um, do what I was doing before and kind of connect with the community again. It was a little bit, it was a little hard, but it was a challenge I was ready to take on. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's funny you, you know, pregnancy, pregnancy and early motherhood does something where, you know, you just kind of need to hibernate everything for a while. I think it's like your body and your brain are just busy making, (laughs) making a human. So anything outside of of that, it's, it's it's like, you can't really pay attention to it. So yeah. But then yeah. once you're ready, it really does come back full force. So that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So cool. 
Um, <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about your creative process when you're about to create a weaving or a macrame piece? Um, do you plan it out or do you let it flow? What's, you know, what is your process like? Um, so I kind of always start with my materials. Materials are probably my favorite part about weaving. And so I'll start with, um, maybe a color palette or just pick out some materials, some yarns, maybe some beads, something that I've been really wanting to use. And because each material um, works best with different weaving techniques. So once I pick out my materials, um, then I kind of start to figure out the design. And I do always have to kind of have a basic design in mind Mm -hmm. before I begin weaving. I'm not very good with going with the flow. I've tried it a few times and I just don't like what comes out of it it's not like I was like if I had planned that it would have been better (laughs) (laughs) um but but yeah I'm kind of not a very organic weaver I like bold graphic designs and um big textures that like I know exactly where the texture is going to be and where it's going to be enclosed in that's Um, so surprising to me actually because really it looks (laughs) very um in a way it has a freeform quality to it because it's so textured and because I guess because of the different kinds of materials you use. So it almost looks spontaneous, but now oh, really? I yeah. see you're a planner. <laughs> there, I am, I guess. There's a, there's a method behind it. Um, so yeah, and I've definitely seen my design process change over the years. Um, now that I have years of experience under my belt I know which techniques I prefer over others and I kind of try to avoid the ones that I don't enjoy as much Um, and so that influences the materials that I buy and um, even the looms that I use so yeah I've kind of figured out my favorites so what are the techniques that you don't like (laughs) um I am not a roving fan which I know is like blasphemy in this um modern weaving world I can use it if I need to uh but I'm I'm not a big fan of like the raw wool with the big fluffy clouds and stuff um I'd much rather use core spun something that does have um substance to mm-hmm. it um so sumac i i think i've used sumac in maybe two of my tapestries <laughs> oh, i mean intriguing. i can i teach people how to do it and i know how to do it i understand it but um yeah i i don't feel like it has as much substance as the other um durable techniques that i enjoy so yeah, that's my dirty little secret. I don't like <laughs> roving in sumac, but I love it when I see other people do it. And I love when people are creative with it. I can really appreciate it. It's just for my own work. I don't mm. prefer to use it. <laughs> no, I, I see what you mean. I, I haven't, as much as I've looked at your work, I don't know that I've dissected all the different techniques that you're using. So it's interesting <laughs> it's to hear fun. it actually, because now I want to go back and see. I'm like, oh, she's really yeah. I mean, for me, for me, roving um, was always like a way to, uh, get more of it done faster because it's so oh, that's bulky, true. you know? Yeah. So it's funny when I see people that don't use it, I'm like, oh God, that must've taken forever. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But I do love chunky yarns because I do love to finish a project a lot faster. Right. And I love to use chunky rope because that's just like, vroom, 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 and it's done and it looks amazing totally and it has so, so much texture. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, 
What was I going to ask you? Uh, I had this question in my mind. Oh, you had mentioned, I know, I should have, well, you had mentioned um, that you had, um, this, this was in a conversation we were having a while ago, but uh, that you oh, yeah. had some experience with jewelry, uh, jewelry design. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that mm-hmm. and how that has inf- influenced you and your weaving today? Yeah, so a lot of my early um, Hello Hydrangea blog work was jewelry design. That was one of the things that I was very interested in when I was unschooled and like 14 years old. Um, But that was what I started my Etsy shop on was um, jewelry design and making rings and necklaces, Um, mostly beadwork. I mean, I didn't have any metal smithing um, tools, although Mm -hmm. I did take a bunch of classes on it and I enjoyed it. And I don't even wear that much jewelry, but I just loved making jewelry. And it was my way of like embellishing something simple um, with so much personality and expressing myself. And a lot of my tapestries, I do kind of feel like there's a bit of jewelry design in there because I love adding beads and um, pendants and even just like looking at the way that jewelry drapes so organically and things hang from it I kind of take inspiration from that with some of my um my lines and my tapestries and different things um and some of my early favorite um tapestry projects were um small woven necklaces there's some there's some of my favorite and I like they're just very small, like bite-sized pieces of tapestries with tons of different um, baubles and textures and stuff. And so those um, kind of go hand in hand for me. I just love the two. And even though they don't combine completely, I like to take different parts from each one and use them together. Yeah, that's very cool. I need to go back into your Hello Hydrangea blog from 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 the earlier Please don't. There's some embarrassing <laughs> stuff in there, like cropped weird and. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It was just for fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, what do you think it is about fibers and fiber art in particular that draws you toward it to use versus other mediums? Um. So before I began fiber art, I loved ceramics because there's just this like push and pull and flexible material that you can create pretty much anything you want um, out of it. And with weaving, I feel like there's still a part of that um, organic sense to it. I don't know how to explain it, but like among the warp, when you are using um, different fibers, you can kind of push them in place. Like if you want to be, you know, thinner or fatter or looser, or you can kind of mold it into what you envision and I love that and I love working with the natural materials and um, all of the different textures that you can use like if you use like one big chunky textured yarn or like combine a whole handful of small yarns like it's something different like it's pretty much whatever I imagine I can create with yarn and fiber and I just love that. I agree. <laughs> I very much agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, so many possibilities. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, as a mom, as a mom who is of a young child and uh-huh. 
<laughs> who's working pretty much full time from home. How do you manage your time? And, um, you know, I think that there we do have a lot of moms in the fiber world uh, who struggle with this and myself yeah. included. Honestly, sometimes I get this question and I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer. But oh, um, yeah, what do you do? Do you have a very set schedule or how do you, you know, how do you sort of separate your time? Um, no, I'm not very good with schedules. I just kind of, whenever I can sneak some weaving in or some editing in, I will. Um, I, I let my son work wherever I am. He's usually dumping out buckets of beads and pulling apart my yarn. And I'm just like, as long as you're happy and you give me a little bit of space, like you can come along with me and make a mess and explore. Um, I don't really mind that. I'm not a very <laughs> persnickety organized person. Um, he has full reign of my studio. He's always nearby playing with cars or something. Um, my husband helps a lot. Um, I take full advantage of nap time. I'm going to be so sad when that disappears. How, how old is and your son right now? He just turned two. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's very busy. Um, and I learned lately, the more busy, the busier he's gotten to not put as many, um, expectations on myself and my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely learn to prioritize because I'm not going to fulfill all of the things on my to-do list. And so I don't want to feel mom guilt or business guilt at the end of the day. So I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to do what I do best and I'm going to, um, focus on a few things a day and some days I'm not going to get anything done and um that's okay too. <laughs> well, from from where I'm sitting it seems like you're getting a lot done. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't understand how you're doing it's, it. And because he's had it he, <laughs> No, it's not because there's actually evidence of your work out there. Um so he's not in childcare right now, right? Like you you have no. okay. See Full I don't time, understand yeah. how so how do you film your classes? Like is he not talking weekends <laughs> if my husband's around oh, I um I lock the door and um film sometimes he will come in and he'll like drive his car around the table while I'm filming and I'll be like okay I have to start over that section <laughs> cut that out so I mean I edit it so you don't see it sometimes he'll just like stand there and cry and be like mom and I'll be like okay I have to edit that that section but um but yeah I just make it work um I, I mean, life is pretty simple right now. We don't have many obligations outside of our home. And I wanted to make the decision to stay home with him while he was young. And so uh, Hello Hydrange is kind of my second priority to that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it's still a priority. So somehow it all manages to happen and work out. Yeah, I guess when there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah, I think that I mean, I think it's really inspiring for people for other moms to see that it is possible that, you know, running Thank your own you. successful business um, is possible, even when you don't, you know, have someone else to help help out. Well, you have your husband, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's not in school yet. You know, you don't like for me, I have those hours. I have the hours my kids are in school. Um, mm -hmm. to to get things done. But um, yeah, it so sounds very nice. <laughs> it will be really Someday. nice. <laughs> yeah, but I really couldn't do it without my husband. He's such a big help. And he's taken over parts of Hello Hydrangea, um, just like the back end, you know, all the stuff that I can't really focus on right now. He's really stepped up 
this past year or so and really helped out. So it's yeah. been really nice to have him. That's great. So it sounds like he's been supportive this whole way through with you building mm. your empire. And, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, he's been awesome. Couldn't awesome. do it without him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you do while you're creating? Do you uh, do you listen to podcasts or do you watch TV or have music on? Or nothing. Yeah. Or do you create in silence? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> um, I listen to music. I love audiobooks um, and podcasts. And I usually have friends or Gilmore Girls or Seinfeld reruns just on in the background. Like I'm not even looking at them, but I like to, you know, kind of be in my own head, but then also have people chatting in the on the side. Um, but I do listen to a lot of audiobooks um, when when it's quiet enough and I can focus on that while I'm weaving. It helps the time go by. And then once I finish a tapestry, I kind of have those memories associated with it. And so I can't think of like look at a tapestry without thinking of the show I was watching or the book I was listening to. And that's kind of fun to kind of associate those when I see the tapestry in someone's home later on or something. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so yeah. what kind of audiobooks are you a nonfiction self-help, uh, fiction novel? <laughs> I do love, um, like self-improvement books and sometimes parenting books. Um, but if I really just want to zone out, I'll turn on a, young adult fiction novel, you know, something just like brain candy that's, you know, has a good adventure or something that I can just kind of enjoy while I'm working. That's such a good idea. I, sh I need to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been li I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately that are very, uh, I don't know, very business structured or whatever. And yeah. I feel like I need to just take I a break from all that those. for a while. <laughs> Yeah. But then there's a point when you're like, I don't want anyone to give me any advice today. <laughs> mm -hmm, I don't want to try and improve myself today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for another day. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, so what do you think about, what do you think it is that, um, that motivates you to create the way you do and not just on a creative level, but on, uh, you know, on the business side to keep you pushing and building your business? Um, that's a good question. That's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, um, because there are a lot of opportunities that have been kind of knocking at my door. And so I've had to think about like, what do I really have in mind for Hello Hydrangea? And what do I see happening in the future for it? And why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Because if I focus on the wrong thing, then um, I don't know if I could continue doing it for a while. And lately, it's really come down to what brings me the most joy from this business is helping others to create. And um, my classes have really become the thing that I love and enjoy creating and sharing the most because I think they have the most impact on the people that... Um, are involved in Hello Hydrangea, involved in the community that I've built. I love um, creating, making it easier for people to create. And I've stopped taking commissions for my, uh, my um, art and started focusing on how to do that. How can I make it easier and more fulfilling? Because I understand as a mom, you don't have a lot of time and you don't have a lot of energy, but you still need 
um, to create and you still need that kind of spark in your life. And so that's what I've been trying to focus on. Like, how can I make that easier for other moms, for other busy people? Um, just how can I help the people who come in contact with my business feel more empowered to create? And that's what it comes down to. I do it through weaving and um, through teaching people how to weave and now macrame and through kits. And that just, at the end of the day, if I can do that, then I can go to bed happy and and it's kind of surprising to me because I do love creating things, but I have found that I love um, fulfilling the role as teacher also. Right. I think it's so <laughs> wonderful. And and not just that, but, you know, I wanted to talk about the logistical part of all this is that that some stuff had to take a, had to take the back burner, right? So doing commissions, um, mm-hmm. because I, I feel like I'm experiencing the same thing. I've taken one commission all year, and yeah. even that is getting difficult to complete. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, it's mm-hmm. really important to prioritize what exactly your goals are for your business, mm-hmm. um, which I guess answers my next question. I was going to say, how do you measure success? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I've, I think success for me is how many people I can impact with the limited time that I have. And um, other people are so good at creating collections and commissions and um, putting tapestries in people's homes. And that's what originally drew me to weaving. Um, But since I've become kind of the teacher of weaving and um, really connected with students that way and seeing how many people I can influence by creating one class and just like answering emails and through my Facebook group and all different things. um, That's kind of made me feel more successful because I know that I'm touching more people's lives than um, one tapestry can do in a person's home. I mean, I'll never stop weaving. Well, I can't say that, but (laughs) I don't have plans to stop weaving but I do understand that right now I don't have as much time to devote to creating huge collections and other people have those resources and those talents. And I'm glad that everyone has different strengths and we can all influence the world differently. Yeah, I love that. I think that everybody finds a little pocket of the world that they can they can kind of create and make their own and everybody benefits mm-hmm. from each other in this way. So it's yeah. very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned, your, you mentioned your Facebook group. Do you want to let um, our listeners know what that group is? Sure. So if you search Facebook for Welcome to Weaving, which is the name of my classes and also my book that's coming out this fall, um, I have a very active Facebook group where it's anyone who's interested in weaving, who's taken my classes, who hasn't started yet, but who appreciates it. Um, We all kind of come together as a community and we share what we're working on and we give advice and support. And I love it because it doesn't matter how many Instagram followers you have. Like there's still a community out there who wants to see what you're doing and who wants to um, be involved and kind of help you out and support each other. And so, yeah, just search Facebook for Welcome to Weaving and ask to join. And we have thousands of members in there that are just excited about weaving as you are. I know. I, I love it, actually. I'm, I'm in the group <laughs> and I, I don't yes. post a lot and I don't comment a lot, but I, I follow it and I see that there's so much enthusiasm around it. And I find it inspiring I myself when I see 
because I haven't picked up my loom in a really long time. But every time I see, <laughs> you need to. I know, I really do. <laughs> oh, it's about you know, it's it's that lack of time thing. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I'm feeling really inspired lately though to pick it up. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, the group definitely does that, and I, I can see that there's so much support between each other. So it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in your group too, Cindy, and yeah, I love I it. Know. And you're actually you're really helpful. Groups are awesome. Like, yeah, with the business questions and everything. Um, you know, when, whenever you chime in with your experience or your advice, I think it's just invaluable. So thanks for being a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so sorry you, for my sniffly nose. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm still <that's> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that you, that you didn't reschedule and that you're talking to me. So it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so what, uh, is there anything, any projects that you have coming up that you wanted to talk about? So you just mentioned your book. Uh, yes. Is that officially, like, have you announced that officially or? Um, not officially. I mean, I have shared it in my stories. I worked on it all last year. Um, kind of took a little break from weaving so that I could just focus on, because I did all the photography and all the copy writing for it. It's pretty much all of my classes plus some more techniques and fun projects and stuff in the one book. Um, but it will launch this fall. I'm super excited for it. Um, I've passed it on to my editors and now we're working on the copy editing and the layout. And I already have a cover and it's already available for pre-order on Amazon, even though it's not finished at all. There's still a lot of work to do. Um, That's been a really fun project. And so the the book is called Welcome to Weaving? Uh Okay, great. So you guys can search on Amazon and (laughs) pre-order. Yeah. Sometime in September, October, I believe. Um, did you do all the photography I, for it? I did. Oh my yes. God. It's, it's so incredible. <laughs> it's amazing what, we, what one person Hopefully can do. Hopefully it comes out. <laughs> I'm not a photographer, but I have learned a few things um, just from my blog and what, a, what I do on Instagram and stuff. So I did my best. Just It was fun. It was a fun project. Um, I also have... Uh, project with the crafters box coming out this fall um, one of my very favorite tapestries is going to be in a kit so you can get a loom and you can get everything you need for that and that will be available later on and I have a um, another collaboration with anthropology this fall coming out with some home decor items um, bedspreads pillows and even a lampshade um, that I didn't so leave all so of them myself. Yeah, I'm really excited for these. Um, they're based off of one of my tapestries from early last year that the team at Anthropology really connected with and wanted to use as inspiration for a collection for home decor. So um, when it comes out, I'll have to see who can remember the tapestry that they were um, inspired by. It was one of my favorites. Oh, I'm so excited for this to come out. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to be watching for it. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice you could offer for someone um, either just starting out to help them get to the next level. Um, actually, let me ask this first. So you Mm -hmm. have, you have so many opportunities, which are amazing and incredible. Do you, do you find that, um, they've come to you sort of organically or have you had to put yourself out there to pitch, to pitch them? They have all come completely organically. And, um, I mean, like my editors, I had a couple publishing companies contact me and, these publishers just felt right. Um, but they contacted me, the team of anthropology contacted me, um, the crafters box contacted me. 
I just kind of do what I do best and try and give myself as much of an online um, presence as I can. And I haven't really gone out to pitch anything. They've, I've just been so lucky that um, people have found me through what I do and connect with it. Oh, it's so incredible. And it's so well-deserved too. I mean, um, oh, thank I mean, you. even from a marketing level, I have to say that your content um, and, you know, I'm on your newsletter and everything. And so I'm always amazed. I'm like, how is she doing this? It's like a one person business. <laughs> I need to take some, uh, I need to take some newsletter classes from you. <laughs> that <be> your next class. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish I could do more. I really do. I have big dreams for Hello Hydrangea that I'm like, oh, if only I had a few more hours, I would do this and this, but you just got to work with what you have. And I did have a background in as the marketing director, so I did all of the social media and print advertising and newsletters. So I did kind of have experience doing that and kind of throwing something together, right. <laughs> really, right. in that would make the most impact. Definitely. Um, okay, so I guess then th- this goes to what I was trying to ask was what advice could you <laughs> offer someone who's trying to start out and put themselves out there and maybe get some notice um, with their work? Um. I think that you need to first practice your skills. Um, I mean, it's great to share your um, process and your journey. People love that. But um, but share, share, share. Learn to take great pictures because um, those are what stand out and those are what are going to be shared. If you want, this is like completely marketing speaking, you know. I mean, there's, there's many ways to... Um, run a business and do what you do. But, um, but good pictures are important in this world. I'm just going to say that. So practice your photography skills, people, and, um, make them stylized, figure out what, um, what you want to say through what you're making and what you're sharing, um, kind of what you want to share with this world and, um, be consistent and, um, just try and get yourself out there. And I promise that you'll be surprised what opportunities come knocking at your door. Be proactive. Um, if you see someone that you want to collaborate with, like reach out. I mean, the whole world is full of pretty pictures on Instagram and the internet, but behind all of those, there are real people mm-hmm. who want to, you know, continue sharing and who probably want to work with you. So um, create content that is, good and be a nice person and (laughs) you'll be surprised what happens. Yeah. I I think it's so important to remember that the whole thing about there being someone real behind all the Instagram accounts. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people are employees from a larger business, but some people, most of us are just people who are living our lives. That's what I've found on Instagram, especially, which is where my biggest community has come from. Even with those big community or big companies and stuff, if you send them a DM, like there's a real person that will probably get back to you yeah. and and try and help out and care. Yeah, it's so true. And you know, I, this just makes it reminds me of um, one of the best pieces of advice one of my old bosses told me. She said, "Don't ask, don't get." And it just yeah. I, I, 
thought about that going through all of this, you know, this process of building my own business. And it's, it's so true. You just have to ask sometimes. And Mm -hmm. even with my starting a podcast, (laughs) reaching out to people, I'm just asking and seeing if they'll respond. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you're creating great content and it's original and people love that. They want to see something new and something exciting. Yeah. And inspiring. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. So, um, I have a few lightning round questions I'm going to ask you. Um, just these are the random fun ones. Uh, Uh so let's see. Um, okay. What is your favorite beverage? Uh, Diet Coke oh. with with vanilla. <laughs> oh, I don't actually like Diet Coke with vanilla. That's really yeah. I like regular Diet Coke though. Uh-huh. Um, uh, okay, let's let's see. Um, so, what keeps you awake at night? Um, new ideas. Like I'll just sit there and be like, think of like a tapestry or a product and like connect it all. But you're half asleep. So when you wake up, it doesn't really make sense. Right. Or you might not even remember. Yeah. You're falling asleep and you're like, oh, that is brilliant. (laughs) And yeah. So I have to like kind of turn my brain off, but it's hard when you love what you do. It's true. Do you, are you a good sleeper? Do you um, have your bouts of insomnia and? Um, I was a better sleeper before I became a mom and now I'm kind of, you know, kind of my, my son sleeps through the night, but, um, but yeah, sometimes I'll wake up and just kind of roll around. Yeah. So yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. I have those nights too. Um, mm-hmm. if you were a color in a crayon box or any color you want to name, what color would you be? Um, I'm just going to choose my favorite color, which is indigo. Oh, I, I can see love that. to like have my entire it's it's artsy, but it's also kind of basic. <laughs> and and so, neutral, yeah. right? It's neutral yet bold. And friendly, I like to think. You know, everybody likes indigo. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And this is the last one. Um, what is your current favorite Instagram account that you follow? Oh, wow. I know this is really putting you on the spot, but. I know. Because <laughs> there are, there I'm are a bunch. I'm trying to think. Um. I'm trying to think like which ones I go looking for. Um, probably, probably other weavers. Um, I'm always inspired by what Sun Woven's doing. She's a great Instagram friend, also. Um, other artists, um, I love. Um, Lauren Williams business drive. She's always inspiring that way. Definitely. Um, I guess I go to different Instagram accounts for different like self pep ups, you know, like, okay, I need something artistic today or something business today or something social media today. Um, I love book who's around around us. I hope I'm saying that right. I love her feed. The, what she's sharing is always so inspiring. Yeah. I don't know. I awesome, could probably yeah. make you a list because I, I kind of am <laughs> no, on Instagram all the time. But yeah, yeah I feel different you inspiring accounts. And what's funny <laughs> is trying trying to say some of the accounts out loud because you read them yeah. every day and then you're like, wait, how would I say that? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me in the podcast. Um, yeah. I hope that we do get a chance to talk again. Um, uh-huh. I have a feeling I'm going to have some more questions or maybe a whole entire other episode that we might want to do. So I'd love that anytime, Cindy. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Cindy. It's great talking.
Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on neuromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the fiber artist podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.